Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Joshua Millman from Passion House Coffee Roasters. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing fabulous today. First, um, I just want to thank you guys for inviting me to be here. Of it's course. pretty cool and I love being able to talk to people, share our story, and uh, thanks for making the time for us in Passion House. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I really, we really love what y'all are about. Like, this, I don't know why I always, when I think of Passion House, I always think of this, but just like, the there was like that Instagram video that was just like <laughs> no, someone it was, making coffee it was, on the It was L. my friend Sarah. Yeah, who, right. So she and I worked together at Fairgrounds in Bucktown, which, I don't know. I'm very glad. I'm, I'm yeah. very glad that we no longer both work there, um, because we both deserve better things. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but um, no, it was a it was a video of her um, making a pour over on the train. Yes. Between like the like Western and California stop on the train or something, and it was great. Yeah, yeah. she uh, she's got an uncanny knack to do these little videos and people really respond to them she did another video that had like five thousand views or something like that That's and we're awesome. like oh my god sarah do you want to do more <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and i because i think that's something that it seems like passion house is about is this um willing to experiment Mm-hmm. And also, but also like wanting to show its ties to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, uncom- like in my mind, kind of uncompromising on quality because For sure, when yeah. when Sarah and I both were at Fairgrounds, she was a manager and I was a just like a barista. Because um, I at that point not just a barista, not just You're a barista, a barista. But I was a barista, mm-hmm. yeah. but I was not paid as much. <laughs> um, and so. Um, she would she would like run shifts and I would be working with her and she wouldn't let anybody use the espresso machine unless they had a dial mm-hmm. like you were not allowed to touch like if you went to pull yourself a shot she'd be like do you have a dial and I was like on my phone and I was like no I'm sorry I, I just wanted a shot of espresso and she's <laughs> like I'll I'll do it <laughs> and I was like <laughs> which is like awesome yeah <laughs> so and I've like I've like carried that mentality with me of like, you know, maybe maybe not as intense as that in mm-hmm. some cases because sometimes you just gotta pull up a shot of espresso. But the but the intention of like you've always gotta have a general idea of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean for us like, it's for me like, <clears throat> I I have high expectations mm-hmm. and and as much as like I want perfection, perfection doesn't really exist. But I do expect excellence. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something that everyone can strive to. And ultimately what it is, I mean, coffee's fun with a pH, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's about exploring, experiencing. Like for me, I've been in coffee since I was 16 and always um, not only wanting to do justice to the coffee and all the efforts that came before getting that seed or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Um but experimenting, seeing like what are the possibilities? Where's the realm of this whole coffee thing that you know still yeah. is at a young age? Absolutely. Well, I think that's it's so interesting that you say that because kind of what that makes me think about a lot is, um, you know, something where when it is kind of like almost an artistic practice, trying to implement standards to that artistic practice. You know, mm-hmm. like coffee making is such a like. You know, there are certain things where it's like, oh, you want to dial into this or you want to, you want to like, 
make sure you're, you're at this temperature or you know what I mean? Like things mm-hmm. that are very scientific, but then it also can really be like, it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of curious, like for you, do you, do you think about that? Like, do you like constant, that kind of like, constant, I, yeah, like, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's this, you know, it's a, it's a bittersweet, beautiful kind of thing. Cause you know, there's, um, you know, I think you hear it often or, you know, it's where art and science come together and that's, what's mm-hmm. beautiful about coffee. Cause you know, there are some standards that have been scientifically proven. This is where we need to be. Mm-hmm. But then there's this artistic part that, you know, may flavors can be subjective, like you mm-hmm. say. Or, And, you know, for us, what we really tried to do is um, it's trying to figure out that balance of setting those standards. But then also, like, you know, teaching people how to taste is where you start opening the doors and learning yeah. to explore and then your standards set but you actually are going above that standard because you're giving people the tools to understand how to taste things and and you know ultimately all you can really taste is sweet salt sour and bitter and that's mm-hmm. you just start with those basics yeah, yeah. and nothing, balance them out <laughs> yeah there's nothing worse than like a, just a salt lick of an espresso shot though that's actually happened to me before where like i i was at like I was at the coffee shop that I was working at in college and I like hadn't been working for maybe a week and I came back and nobody had touched anything mm-hmm. and I pulled a shot and it was just a salt lick and mm-hmm. I was like have we been serving espresso yeah. like this this is revolting and they're like whatever it's well, and that's the it's thing caffeine. is, like, it can so frequently just not have a standard, you know? Yeah. And so I think that it's it's an interesting thing, because you mentioned, you mentioned the idea of, like, the idea of having to educate to a certain extent. Because, like, the average consumer might not, I mean, you know, what what experience might they have they had with espresso besides just, like, oh, I, I expect espresso to not taste good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, they're, first of all, people are just, they get used to what they're used to, right? right. Um, <clears throat> and, and when it comes down to it, 87-point uh, coffee and an 85-point coffee, like, the average consumer is not going to really be able to taste the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some professionals can. Um, so our, our goal, and, and mine in particular, is always... Um, not necessarily to get them to taste the difference between an 84 and 87, but just to be more inclusive and share with them just the beauty of the of coffee in general. Because the more we can just grow specialty coffee, the more we can introduce them. Mm-hmm. That it's good for everyone. Absolutely. Well, I think that kind of um, taps into another thing that I know we really wanted to talk to you about, which is like the idea of sourcing. And I think that that really ties into kind of what we're talking about, about like the experience of trying to communicate that to a consumer, the, the, the experience of, of needing to educate. So I guess like, like for you kind of what has that experience been like? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the mission for passion house has always been to work with sustainable partners, Mm. um, sustainable farmers. Um, and, and that's very, it's very important to us to, understand what are the practices on the farm how are they treating their employees how are they what's happening with their families like is this are they being sustainable for their little community and all Mm -hmm. that ties in so when we talk about sustainability we're talking about their practices um not only with the earth but also their community and i think that's where you know you you 
for a farm that's where like organic comes into play right so like organic coffee is great i love organic i buy certain of my produce that's organic some of our coffees happen to be organic but organic to me doesn't mean sustainable mm-hmm. i want to know like what are they doing with their water what are they doing with their cherry pulp what are they you know that stuff's really important because um well the world's shrinking and we're having climate changes which is you know totally fun to deal with but on top of that it's it's um um to, to get a certification for an organic farmer may not be in the best interest and sustainable for them but if they're using these really great practices i then and i know that then i trust it and i want to yeah. work with people like that and that's yeah. awesome I'm, that's oh sorry go ahead i'm interested in um passion house's approach to fair trade versus direct trade um and for those who may not you know for those who are like what uh fair trade um is an organization that sets very um specific um standards yeah standards i was just trying to think of the words sets uh very specific ethical standards of how things are produced how the workers are treated how they're paid um etc whereas direct trade is when a company or an entity sets their own ethical standards you know they they go and they like visit the farm and they get more involved but it's outside of the kind of checks and balances that fair trade provides so i'm interested in what passion house's approach to that system is well i mean for us the the number one we we pay for all our coffee over fair trade prices to our farmers um but what i would say is the most important thing for the consumer is to buy coffee from a company that they trust mm-hmm. and and everything we've done throughout the past seven years is building that trust between us and our wholesale partners our retail partners uh, that's the most important thing so that when people buy passion house coffee they know they're trusting us and they know they can trust us because we've been working with these practices um you know fair trade direct trade um if ultimately we're improving the lives of the farmers it's it's that's great yeah right they need to get paid more money no matter what it is absolutely do i necessarily think that fair trade is amazing and it's that's the way it can be Uh, at a certain point it was probably really great yeah and now you know people are becoming more aware and the expectations are becoming higher and and people like me want to pay more um, I think the 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 challenges is that you know you get pigeonholed and you know we people come up to us all the time and say is your coffee fair trade and I say no well it's not fair trade but uh, I pay the farmers a dollar more than what fair trade is paying these farmers so uh, they're actually getting more money from me than you know mm-hmm. if this was a certified fair trade coffee <clears throat> and it's just you know continuing the conversation continuing that education that you know fair trade had a has has good standards they're they're pretty solid um but we can do a lot better and i think there's a lot of people that are doing that mm-hmm. um as far as direct trade goes um our model is kind of to work with a couple different facets so um we do some direct trade coffee we just brought in a direct trade coffee from ecuador uh our director of coffee coffee guru uh, head roaster curtis um uh, was in ecuador about a month ago or so judging uh, the best of ecuador and he actually ended up um placing uh, a bid on the 
number one loud, and we won. Yay! It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, so uh, you know, before that, he was he was talking with the farmers. W- took a trip up to this farm during the practice uh, during this little trip, and he hadn't been there before, also about a month before that. Um, and, and you know, working with these people and understanding their practices and and offering advice and where we can help and you know between Curtis and I we've been in the industry for over twenty years so you know we've uh, uh, accumulated a lot of knowledge and and connections um, so you know direct trade definitely has a certain place and is amazing um, but for us not only do we do direct trade but we've really started working with smaller importers and working mm. closely with them. Yeah. and working closely with the farmers that they connect us to. So what that does is, you know, um, allows us, the smaller the importer, allows um, more transparency to who we're buying coffee from and reaching out to them and talking to them about it. Um, and they're also our foot soldiers. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're a pretty small company and we can't be in, you know, Rwanda and Kenya and mm-hmm. Ethiopia. Oh, Ethiopia. We have a great guy in Ethiopia. Um, (laughs) That's good to hear because I love Ethiopian uh, coffee. Our Ethiopias are fire. They're great. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and and so you have, you know, for us, we balance it out between some direct relationships and then smaller importers. Yeah. I mean, that is like among the most complete answers that I could have had to that question, which is no, no, it's it's great because honestly, apologize for that. No, because honestly, like in my mind, um, you know, you can roast a coffee beautifully. You can, you know, you can extract it amazingly. You can, you know, add the most beautiful flair. You can pair it with the, you know, most perfect, you know, plate of hummus because my favorite combination of coffee and hummus because it just like sets everything over the edge for me but um and the most honestly the most important thing is getting this product in a sustainable way just because most of the coffee producing countries are facing a lot of difficulties whether it be organized crime whether it be poverty Mm -hmm. whether it be you know any famine whether whether it be any number of you know hardships you know difficult political situations and i think that making sure that our impact on their lives is positive at every turn is hugely important because i don't know it they're doing us such a great service you know the coffee industry is huge in this country and around the world and you know if if the countries if the only countries that produce it are suffering for it then what then we're doing everything wrong mm-hmm. so like never apologize for giving me a lengthy <laughs> answer on how you source your beans that's amazing that's um, great so um i'm interested in this ecuadorian coffee so do you have a plan for it yet um we well the first plan is we have one of our baristas who actually just moved here from florida his name's colin so colin if you're listening there you go um he's going to um uh new orleans uh february 2nd through the third and fourth i guess um if my dates are wrong please don't hold it against me um and he's competing in the brewers cup and so that's the first uh that's the first place this coffee is going to be tasted is at this competition uh the brewers cup in new orleans and um, hopefully Colin does an amazing job with the coffee and representing Passion House and, and then he can go to, on to nationals um, with the coffee 
and then after that we're um, we're gonna have a, re a release party for it we haven't set a date yet but it's gonna be really fun so I hope everyone uh, kind of uh, you guys come and everyone can find out <laughs> what we're gonna do but we'll do an, an awesome release party for it because we're super excited it's the first time we ever bought a number one winning lot and uh, it's just something to you know share with people for and sure. let them and it'll be um, uh, probably have a warehouse party or a party at the roast uh, the cafe and have some Ecuadorian food and Ecuadorian music and oh, cool. yeah it's gonna gotta, be great yeah, yeah. got it well I so I'm curious um, you know what does that distinction mean like number one in like in what ranking like so I think it was over like you know I, I don't remember how many people enter the competition but usually mm -hmm. it's you know seven fifty seventy hundreds wow. it just depends yeah. yeah um so and then it gets each coffee gets entered and there's a judging panel and they go through a vetting process and then gets pared down and uh scored and whoever scores cool. the highest coffee and because I, I remember uh last year the farm that we well the farmer that won this year uh last year they entered and i think he took um can't remember exactly it could have been like 13th spot mm -hmm. 13th place and then this year he was like super stoked and he took home the gold yeah cool that's awesome so i'm interested in how uh you got your start in coffee sure um so i grew up in chicago uh, uh well i grew up in the north north suburbs of chicago and um you know i in high school i was kind of a whatever a nerd or whatever i I was totally into the Beat Generation, uh, Jack Kerouac and Allen Ginsberg, and they were always in coffee shops discussing life, pushing boundaries, and mm. and for me, I was like, man, that's like, I need to be in a setting like that. That is mm -hmm. like amazing. Um, and so um, I went to look for my first coffee job when I was 16, and I started working at a, you know, a pretty small place, maybe you've heard of it, called Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> very niche yeah um but it was it was it was amazing you know to be a 16 year old working with products from kenya from ethiopia from brazil sumatra was obviously huge right um uh, and learning about these different countries and it was it was very it, it was a fantastic way to start and, and and ultimately for me i love being of service hmm. um it's something that just you know I, whether it's easy for me or not, I love people. I love, I love being a service to people, and so it was a really like great fit for me. And uh, so that's where I got my start. Um, then I moved out to Colorado. Uh, I went to college in uh, Fort Collins, uh, Colorado State University. Go Rams! Um, <clears throat> and worked in some coffee shops there. And then after I graduated, I moved out to San Diego, and um, really dove into specialty coffee and. I helped open and run a cafe in downtown San Diego, and then I was, you know, this nerdy barista always asking my boss questions like, why won't the machine do this, or how do I get it to do that? And um, I was really fortunate because he was one of the best service techs in Southern California, so he also had a service company. So oh, wow. then I learned he kind of got just like you know annoyed with me and was like, Ugh, stop asking me questions, man. <laughs> work part time at the cafe and then come work at the shop part time. So then I learned how to service all the equipment. Cool. And then got wow. recruited by a roaster out in San Diego. Uh, was roasting out there. Uh, moved back home. Was working for another roaster. And then 
you know, I just, uh, I, n- I never really started like, oh, I'm going to start my own company, but it was more like the companies I had worked for, uh, the way I wanted coffee to be portrayed and the company to function just really never aligned. And I started Passion House seven years ago. That's super, that's like very relatable to me. And I don't mean to immediately make this interview about you, about me, but here we are. Um, I, like, I think it is. <laughs> Like at a certain point, like it I happens think it, at some point in every no, episode. It's great. So it's not just every wrong. episode. No, I think I'd probably. I'm bat. sorry. I'm not sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I probably bat like one out of every four, maybe. Um, no, but I think that at a certain point, and and not to be like, oh, like, but you know, when you work with a lot of different folks, and even folks that are doing really interesting stuff, they're like, oh, I'm really glad that you're doing this, and you, but you bring a lot to the table. At a certain point, you go like okay, wait a minute, like, maybe I really just... Because there's almost, like, a, a, a moment where you have to, like, actually have self-confidence. That's at least what it was for me, mm-hmm. where I was, like, I was, like, I can't believe in... I can't, like, build something on my own. Like, I have to... It has to be somebody else's project. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I'll bring... I'll work on this a ton, but at a certain point, like, I can't. And that's, I think, what... what When you're, like, at a certain point, you're, like, well, no. That's what the magazine was. It was, like, oh, no, we can, like, we can build something. Like, let's start something. And I think that's such a really... What... what was the like driving force for you of getting to that kind of like okay no this is the yeah uh, that's a great question well um well i would say uh, the driving force was a couple of things so when i was in uh san diego uh i went when i got recruited to go roast for this company um the the agreement with the owner was that we he knew I wanted to move back home at some point, and the mm-hmm. agreement was that we would partner up and open um, cool. the company out here in Chicago, or open up some a new roast uh, roastery under their name out in Chicago, and we'd be partners. And um, at some at, at a point, he called me aside one day and said, "You know, I, I don't, I don't want, I can't do this with you anymore. I don't think you have the passion for it." And um, you can call me a lot of things. Um, I don't I don't know what words you can use and what you can't, but you, you can call me a lot of things. You can curse in this chat. Okay. That's what you're you can call me an asshole. You can call me a dick. You can call me whatever. The one thing that you really can't say about me is that I'm not passionate about coffee. I've dedicated my whole life to coffee. Mm-hmm. It's something that I love, that I breathe. And, and it's not just the coffee. It's everything that's around coffee that I'm in love with. And so once that happened, I move back home and, and, and you know obviously you can tell where I got the name passion for passion house right. mm-hmm. it's my kind of homage to uh, you know when people tell you, you can't do this you won't do this you won't do that it's like you know fuck you man I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna show you that I can do this and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to do this mm-hmm. um, so that was the first step and when I came back home you know I didn't have a plan yet and then I was working for another coffee roasting company that um, just um was very second i hate using these terminologies but it was very second wave and i and they hired me on to bring them to the next level uh-huh. and they just weren't open to receiving it and i just it was it was I, you can only beat your head against the wall so mm-hmm. many times and so that combination led me to start passion house I love that. I the, I feel like we've now heard a, there's only been 
two stories that have directly been like, yeah, I named my company after someone's like stupidity, not stupidity. I don't know, but like but somebody, like, somebody like a, a comment about my personhood that really stood with that really stuck with me, and so I I named my like my baby, my project <laughs> yeah. after it, and and like. Like, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> the one that Rebellious Magazine was that. The the, the editor in chief of Rebellious Magazine is a um, a black woman named uh, Karen Hawkins, and she worked for like one of the major um, news publications in the world, like the one that wrote the style guide on it. The reason I'm not naming them is because she also didn't name them. But yeah. like, if anyone is familiar with journalism, knows what I'm talking about. They she wrote she was writing for them, and the her, her editor in chief was like, oh, you know, no, 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 no. She requested off one too many weekends. Oh, and and he was like, wow, Karen, you're getting pretty rebellious here. <laughs> and she was like, what? Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I I think that, uh, you know, the more at first when I would tell the story, it was a little embarrassing. And now I can understand that, you know, it's it's not even about me, but, you know, people all the time. And I've heard it more than just this instance of, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, Mm -hmm. you can't. And I'm kind of here to be, you know, just a little bit of a guiding light, whatever I can be that like, you can. And, mm-hmm. and and I my goal is not only for myself but is to help people that I'm I'm always working to help people to, and figure out like what is it what do you want how do you mm-hmm. get that and and I, I strongly believe that if people follow their passion if people follow their loves that you can you can do what you want to do cool it's gonna take a lot of work though you know absolutely <laughs> and you have to really want it like I go after things like I also used to teach yoga, uh, Hatha and Kundalini yoga, and my teacher would always say, like, you need to go after things like you're a starving dog going after a piece of meat. I don't eat meat, but <laughs> same, same. But yeah. it's but it's that still that fervor that that right. grit that that you like you will not survive if you don't get what you want, mm-hmm. or you know, I guess something like that. <laughs> Absolutely, no, that's fantastic. Um, so I would love to talk about, um, you know, a big part of the coffee industry is, you know, dealing with people all day. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that, you know, your love of like serving people. I'm wondering if um, I'm trying to I'm trying to actually form my question here. I, I'm I'm wondering how, you know, to first of all, to what extent are you working with? the folks coming into the cafe, you know, as the owner of this business. And then also, what impact has the community that you've chosen to, you know, build this company in had on your company? Um, well, no, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, it, I mean, I think it's like, it's a little challenging, right? Because like, no one will ever do things exactly how I do them. Right. It's just, you know, we're all individuals. We're unique individuals. Um, So, you know, especially starting the cafe for literally the first six months, I either worked, I, you know, at the register or pulling shots and doing whatever I could to just like connect with people and let them give, give, let them know that, you know, this is, this is my house. This is passion house. And Mm -hmm. this is also your house. So, you know, come in. I'm welcoming. I, I, I literally, I love connecting with people. Um, 
I think that the community in Logan Square has been like super receptive. You know, we're on a strip of like amazing restaurants. There's uh, Longman and Lula and Reno. So we know that there's a lot of great um, culinary people in the neighborhood. And I think the expectations are high. Um, and, you know, the, co- the, the coffee part for us is... Um, not that it's easy but that's that's what we do coffee and what we're trying to do now which i I can you know kind of talk about for a second is that we're actually in the process of redesigning the whole cafe redesigning the bar and the layout because we're what really is that the experience that i want to create for people to come in um uh is isn't where where i want it to be just Mm -hmm. because um i took over a bow trust space if you're familiar with bow trust whatever yeah um just wasn't it was basically i needed to get open uh, i had a month to get open so i did what i could do with the full intention being is that once we hit our slower months we're going to redesign the cafe and really create that experience so hopefully this redesign will be done by the beginning of march if not the end of April. Um, and, and just like, you know, every employee that I talk to, every person I bring on, like, <clears throat> you know, you can teach anyone coffee. You know, it takes time and you talk and you go mm-hmm. and you practice and whatnot. But it's really hard to teach, um, you know, customer service. And, and, and I, just, I, I just tried to do my best as, uh, to, to not only lead by example, but also to tell them, like, um, we're, we, we, we need to, if we want to be inclusive, right? If we want specialty coffee to grow and bring people in, you cannot act exclusive, right? And so all we try to do and all I try to impart on um, the people who work for Passion House is to include people, mm-hmm. bring them into your lives, be personable. Yeah, I think that's hugely important um, because... Yeah, that's, you know, eventually at, I'm going to bring it back to Fairgrounds for a second. You know, when when I was at Fairgrounds and eventually I got bumped up to that management position, like a big, one of the things that they told me when they promoted me was like, yeah, I mean, of course your coffee knowledge is there, but like, you're really good at customer service. So, and there are people who work here who are not as good. So I really need you to get on people. And mm-hmm. so like a big yeah, thing do that <laughs> well i mean a big thing that i always tried to to do i mean a big part of it is and you know this is like leading by example it's just like going that extra mile and making sure that you know you're asking people how their days are like mm-hmm. that's a super easy way but you know it's like you've said like some people it's just not there yeah yeah it's it's um you know different generations and things like that um it's been really interesting to you know, because this is the first cafe that we, we've opened for Passion House, um, 2631 North Kedzie. Um, <laughs> so, um, but it, it's been really interesting to like, you know, like, you know, me growing up, I, I and, and maybe it's just, you know, my personality as well. Is like if someone, if a boss asked me to do something, you know, oftentimes there wasn't direction. There wasn't like, this is how you do it. And I'm going to show you how it was more so like. I need you to do this, go figure it out. And then I just did whatever I could, wherever I needed to go, whoever I needed to talk to, whatever I needed to do to figure out how to do what I was asked to do, I would do it. And so like for me, sometimes I fall into that trap where, 
you know, I ask, okay, I need you to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of forget, like, you know, people are different, you know, different, different generation grew up different ways. Like you need to show them, you know, step by step and this is how you do it. And, and it's, it's, it's a val super valuable and no one really wants to be thrown in, you know, the lake and just here swim right. or someone used the reference to me like, this is where I need you to be. This is the finish line and I'll meet you there. But no one ever tells you, well, where do I start? Mm -hmm. right so you don't even know where to start when you're yeah. trying to f reach the finish line so um yeah th these are kind of things that you know i'm growing and learning about as well um i'm curious so when you're when you bring people on um are you looking for people with like you know i i guess i'm wondering which is paramount in your mind and this may be a leading question but i don't care mm -hmm. um <laughs> Uh, are you looking for people first and foremost with coffee experience or are you looking for people with the zeal? Mm. Um, it depends on what day you ask me that question. Mm. It will depend on my answer. Um, that makes sense to me. <laughs> you know, like some days I'm like, oh my gosh, I will. I Basically, to answer the question though, is um, it's really important for me to hire people that have the zeal, right? Because we can teach them coffee. It's obviously very beneficial if you could have both or if you even had a little bit of coffee experience, um, you know, so it, it's always that, that challenge, right? Yeah. But I think that, you know, we, I, I really right now, especially with the redesign of the cafe, we, we are bringing on some new employees that, you know, are great coffee professionals, but even more important, they have that, the zeal they have that like you know that that love of of being a service for people and creating that customer experience and, and again like i keep using this word inclusive um but but that's it's not even the just the coffee industry it's the mm -hmm. whole world about being inclusive and mm -hmm. not exclusive and you know inviting people in and that's uh, that's honestly the most important thing yeah that make that's one of my like uh and i stole it from another podcast and i've already said that on the show that i've this but my thing mm -hmm. that i keep coming to for 2018 is like collaborate team yeah you know like we got to work together we have to like get over any the things that would that could be exclusionary like that's it's we're all you know trying dealing <laughs> with like the weirdest time to be alive that's not probably i don't know if that's true that is but you know my point being is that like you know, like we're not gonna. You can't do everything completely by yourself. Not at all. And I and and trust me, I've tried, mm -hmm. and and it doesn't work. And at the same time, or and another thing I should say is that, you know, oftentimes, you know, I had a, I had a guy randomly stop me today because he saw the signs on my car. Oh, do you work for a passion house? And you know, he and I just said, oh, yes, this is my company. And he was just saying really nice things. And I just, you know, for me, it's like. Uh, other than thanking him, it, it takes a village. It yeah. really takes a village. And then I, and ultimately, I would just want to bring more people into my village or, or be a part of a village, right? So that, because we, it, it, it just makes things easier. It makes things more accomplishable. And it also makes it a better place when people are, feel connected and, and are helping each other out so like passion house won't, wouldn't exist without other people helping mm -hmm. and and we're still so small so it's like you know that one person that just you know said thank you to me i love your coffee like not only did he just make my day because 
I don't hear it that often um, from strangers, right? <laughs> um, but when I tell him, thank you so much, man, it, like it takes a village. So you telling me this, I appreciate it. If you tell your friends, like that's even more amazing. And let's yeah. just keep doing this, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, okay, I think that it takes a very special kind of person to like get up at five in the morning and like be at work by like 5.30 in the morning and like, you know, be a personable person. And like, I don't know, do you think that, oh shit, no, it's nowhere. It's, it's so nowhere. close. You're, you're just like setting yourself up and then. Yeah, and then it just drops. Yeah. Well, I could say I'm not a morning person. Really? I've been in coffee my whole entire life. I am not a morning person. That's shocking. What's it, what time <laughs> does Passion House open? Well, the cafe opens at um, 7.30 right now. Uh, we just went to our, or not just, but we went to our winter hours. So during the summer, we open at 6.30 and then 7.30 during the winter. Um, and then, the yeah, so I have been in coffee forever. I I I, I DJ, not anymore, but I used to DJ and produce house music and techno, passion house. Um, there's a slight bit of that. Um, so I love the nights, and um, and I also used to teach uh, hatha and kundalini yoga, which were super early mornings. Like, <laughs> get up at five thirty, practice yoga till seven, go open the cafe, work at the cafe from seven to two, <laughs> take a break, and then come back and do yoga in the evening. But um, wow. it's really weird. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I love, um, and I get up early in the morning. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, for me, um, and I always say this is like, you know, I get up on Monday morning and I'm like, I'm stoked, man. Like, even though I don't love getting up in the morning, I'm, I'm so stoked. Like, I'm like, oh, I get to go to work. That's what it is you when know? you get to when you're doing what you love. That's yeah. I I felt that way since I I get I'm I'm like really into astrology. I like we love the and and maybe this I I wanna there's part of me that like you know wants to believe that it's just like my like psycho psychologically something happened but for some reason like right after the twenty second right after the winter solstice yeah. I just started waking up at seven o'clock every morning because I was never a morning person I was always like up at ten usually. But, like, I've been up at 7, and, like, I, st I f very much relate to what you're saying. But, like, it's just that, I think it just comes down to, like, that, like, um, when you're doing what you love, mm -hmm. it's so much easier to just do that. Yeah. My question for you is, is it, for you, is it yoga first, or is it coffee first? Like, do you drink coffee before yoga, or do you do coffee or yoga before coffee? Uh, well, not, these days I do uh, coffee before yoga, because I've two kids that get up pretty early and uh you know there's not a lot of time to do yoga first mm -hmm. um uh but just going along with what you said first of all i love astrology i love numbers i'm like a total you know wait what's uh, your what do you, what are your signs well i'm, I'm a virgo um, do you know your like um moon and and stuff i don't i don't know my moon i'm more like um like numerologist and stuff cool. like all i see is like numbers all over and then uh, and i'm i don't it's not like math you know it's like yeah oh my god i keep this is like the 30th time in a row that i saw 11 11 and i'm like oh man what does mm -hmm. that mean and then i go search 11 11 okay i'm okay it's everything's good all right <laughs> that that's the one i, I haven't gotten i, I like i because the astrology's been a rabbit hole, and I've like, and it oh, it was before, and it just I kind of picked it back up in the last couple months because I did my like birth chart, yeah. found out my moon sign, found out my rising sign, and I was like, 
Well, damn, if that doesn't all make sense. Because <laughs> I'm a Sagittarius sun, but a Virgo um, rising. Mm. Which is something that I never really, like, tuned in to that, like, detail-orientedness. Yeah. And the, like, kind of, like, obsessive nature of... But and I always thought that was a Sagittarius. Anyway, I should stop talking about astrology. <laughs> um, uh, I, heads up for you, I have a numerology book at my mom's house. <laughs> I'll send you a numerology website that is, cool. like you know a staple on my phone nice yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I have a couple I, same same with astrology i have a couple things that are just kind of like staple. okay i want to get back to a coffee thing because this is something that i think about a lot okay. yeah i i i found my question but i have it written down so Great. you go so so a thing that i think about a lot right because like um you know politically we're pretty uh like socialist and and think about the way but you know and obviously we live in like a a society that is not always that way and a lot of people have are doing fantastic work and doing interesting things and so i think about that lens a lot and this question isn't entirely related to that but what it is is something that i think about which is the idea of um building things that are local and sustainable in cities and a question that i kind of always think about within that is the idea of growth Mm -hmm. i think that a lot of companies uh, will be like, yeah, we're going to build two coffee shops in this city, and then we're going to get to L.A. and then to New York, and we're going to be like a, like a, you know, a national monolith. Or, mm-hmm. or and I, I think that, um, I think it's you come from an interesting perspective from that. In that, you know, you, it's very much the other end. You know, like you've built everything you have on your own. It sounds like it doesn't. It doesn't sound like you have like. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not going to, like, speculate. assume, speculate your, your life. But, you know, my, my point being here is that, like, do you have the kind of thoughts about, like, how growth will look like for Passion House? Like, in, in is it a manageable thing, uh, approach? Like, are you waiting for that big, uh, that big billion-dollar investor to be like, well, you know, we're going to make Passion House a, a global brand? Yeah. Um, no, listen, I think... Um, um, forecasting projecting setting goals and plans um it's really important and it gives you and it's something that literally i learn all the time um you know i didn't have a i didn't take business classes or grow up in a business so everything i've learned um just has been through experience and you know studying and whatnot and we're really just starting now um to not just take our goals and and where we want to be and what we do, um, but writing them down and writing them down so that everyone in the company can see. Mm. Um, and so that's what a lot of we've been working on at the end of 2017 coming into 2018. Um, and so everything we've done up until now has always been very intentional and thoughtful. Um, you know, there's a reason why I didn't open the, a cafe for a long time because, you know, first of all, I love roasting and and that's what I, you know, that's a huge passion of mine and, and I knew that was going to be the heart of the business and I wanted to make sure um, that the roastery was exactly how I want it. We have an amazing team over there. We have Curtis who used to run uh, the roasting department and QC for Intelli for 10 years and now he's with us. Um, we have our warehouse manager, Sarah, who's been with me for four years and has seen all the, you know, the struggle and strife in this thing we call life and, and has been by my side and uh, really makes things go. And, um, you know, we have a great sales guy and events guy, Aaron, and we just have a great team there. And so, you know, the difference between wholesale and retail is like totally tremendously different and crazy. So now it's, you know, now that I was able to, 
you know, find a good spot. My attention is, you know, I don't, the warehouse is great. I don't, they don't, I go in there and they're like, why are you here, man? You know, <laughs> you're just, you're just getting in my way, you know? So I was yeah. like, oh, now I, I can focus on another project. So that being said is everything has been very intentional, you know, keeping ourselves under the radar for this long, totally intentional, you know, I like to say that, you know, we're like one of Chicago's best kept secrets and, you know, just waiting for our time to come out and it's starting to happen. And, and, um, and so we do plan, we do plan on a few more cafes in Chicago, um, and building that, building our lifestyle brand. Cool. Um, if you had like, you know, and I, I know that it's entirely like space dependent and finding, finding a space that like speaks to you, but if you had your choice of the next neighborhood to put a cafe in, what would it be? Um, it's a great question. You know, I, I think it kind of like, you know, if we're living in, you know, where's the perfect spot and whatnot, um, I don't necessarily think about what area of Chicago, um, meaning because I don't want to, you know, you talk about going into time, uh, places where there's tons of foot traffic, and but it's flooded with coffee. I mean, Logan, mm-hmm. there's, there's tons of coffee there, but uh, it was a really good opportunity for me. Um, you know, if I think about, like, what's the next step? And, and ultimately what I would love to do is move the roaster out of West Town into a building that's standalone so we can open a roaster and cafe under one roof and really turn it into a dynamic spot and you know like that being said like i think kind of one of the things you were alluding to is you've done this all by yourself and you know yeah i really have no partners in passion house (laughs) you know what i mean which you know is good and bad you can talk to people who say oh it's so great that you don't have a partner you know um where I hear sometimes you're like, man, I, I kind of wish I had a partner that you could just at least say, hey, can you help with this? Or, yeah. you know, now we have, you know, now the team is way solidified and Curtis is a partner and it's amazing. But, you know, so, but everything has been totally grassroots. And, you know, so just to go along with your question, um, I, 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 you know, I, I'm always looking for that next spot. And um, I, I saw this one building that was, kind of the west side of Chicago, um, kind of near Logan, but a little further west. This building was gorgeous, could totally fit a roaster and cafe, but it was like 10,000 square feet, and I was like, ah, just Mm -hmm. not there yet. Mm -hmm. That is one of our favorite things to do, is to walk around and, like, see, like, four lease signs. Yeah, for sure. And, like... We are so not at the point where we could even like like right now we're focusing on paying our rent yeah. like this this rent yeah. and so but it's so fun to like like walk past a space and like look in the window and like kind of try to peek past like the for lease sign or the for rent sign and be like that's where the performance space would right. go that's where this would go like we've like drawn up floor plans of what it would look like which it's like I so I totally get of like you know. You're like, yeah, you're not quite there yet, but you know, but you know, it's, right. Yeah. But, it's gonna, right? But like some of the things that you know, I, I, um, we have a great new person working with us, and I brought him to this building because I wanted him to see where, where does so he could see where my passion house will be, you know, so he can understand like where we want to go, and um, he's like, okay, great, this is it, 
this is where we want to be now we map out how do we get there mm -hmm. and you know that kind of stuff is critical because you if you want to move to another spot it may not happen for two or three years mm -hmm. whatever the case may be but map out how to get there oh, and yeah. follow that plan you know it's like oh that's i could follow a plan yeah and we can i will do whatever it takes to be able to get there and like those are the kind of things that you know that me learning um uh i can only impart on other people and share with them my experience that like once i started talking about this and understanding you know to write the plan down and see how to get there and it, it makes it more tangible like you can mm -hmm. do this yeah no it's uh it's it's wild to see like you know it, it it's both like what's up i just i actually registered how long we've been going but sorry go ahead oh sorry um it's wild to like you know when you're actually doing the thing and you're like in the trenches and you're like you're like god you know i can't believe that we're you know that we're still dealing with this shit and i can't believe that you know this is still an issue that we're facing and it's it's so hard to see like when you're in the trenches to like then come up for air and then like look behind you and be like but that's where we were right for yeah sure. seeing the forest for the tree or seeing the what you know what I mean yeah that that old yeah. <laughs> that adage <laughs> when um, in Rome that's actually it's a it, it's pretty applicable to singing too because Dan Daniel and I have a background in opera and I remember when I was taking voice lessons and I would sing a phrase and um, my teacher would stop me and. Like, I would be really frustrated with how I sounded, and she would, she would be like, okay, Maureen, yes, I, I know what you mean, that that I, I heard what you heard, and yes, it was a thing, and we'll talk about it. But I just want you to know that if you had sung it that way two months ago, we would be popping champagne right now. So, like, let's just take a moment right. and, you know, acknowledge progress, <laughs> and then we'll keep going. And, and so I think that, yeah, like, setting goals and, you know, creating tangible plans but also like revering what you've built right yeah is so important i should probably do that more <laughs> it's hard it's really yeah, fucking hard. It, it really is and i think like you know i have like for me you know i i have uh a wife and two kids annie is my wife and then i i have a daughter named bela and a son named Bodie. so when they listen to this they can hear their names oh. um but you know that for me that's what helps like kind of like pick my head out of my arse and see okay you know when you're in it you're in it but right. when you can step out for a second like you know things are everything's gonna be all right man right. you know and i think it's good to do that and you should do that and you yeah. should also be proud of yourself you know what i mean yeah and it's, it's like for and this is totally off topic, but we t I happened to be talking just the other day about birthdays. I always hated celebrating my birthday. Mm. It was awful. It was my birthday. It came around. I'd be like, ugh, just don't talk to me. Stay away from me. <laughs> mm -hmm. And now, I'm, uh, li just this year, I committed to, like, when my birthday comes, uh, September 16th, um, we will... Um, I'm gonna like tell everyone and celebrate it, and and the re and I tell people that they should celebrate their own birthdays because that it's your moment. It's not even just it's just a moment for you to like take acknowledge of like wh who you are and where you be, and, and you should celebrate who you are. You know, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. No, I uh, I ordered myself a birthday cake already, and my birthday's in April, so Sweet. I like. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the cake. No, no, no. When's oh, your birthday? April tenth. April tenth. April 10th, September 16th. December 17th. December 17th. 
I think as we have our um, raffle giveaway there. Oh. So I think you know if one of who's ever listening to the podcast could email you each of our birthday dates. They whoever does it first, or I don't know how you guys want to do it, could yeah. each get um, a three month coffee subscription from Passion House, and we'll email you a coffee each month for three months. Just gotta say the birth dates. Yeah. Great. That's cool. awesome. All that right. So fantastic. April tenth, September sixteenth, and December seventeenth. Cool. You gotta have the right name. Yeah. The right name yeah, to the, the right birthday. Name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's awesome. That's cool. A good one. All That's right. That's a good one. Perfect. Cool. Got a marketing brand there. Well, we have a few minutes left. Um, the last thing we do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Sometimes it's very obvious, like plugging uh, a store that they that they have. Otherwise. Um, uh, you can. Uh, we love hearing to, uh, other folks that you want to give a shout out to that are doing dope work. And if you, or if you want to uh, mention anything that you've been consuming recently, like self care wise, movies, TV shows, books, music, whatever. Um, sure. How much time do I have? Uh, <laughs> anyway, we, we, say, we say a minute, yeah, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Really quickly, like we'll be redesigning the cafe in Logan Square, twenty six thirty one North Kedzie, and um, I'm really excited to share it with you guys once we reopen. I anticipate that being the March. Um, really, I'd like to just say thank you to Curtis at the warehouse, Sarah at the warehouse, Aaron, Ben, uh, Sarah, Colin at the cafe, Luke, yeah, everyone. Like, just thank you so much. And then you know our wholesale partners. There's Portage Park, Portage Grounds, and Portage Park. There's Brew Brew in Avondale and Pilsen. Um, all of our there's the kitchen. There's local foods. You guys like are doing fantastic stuff and we're really excited to continue working with you guys um we have a, some great events going on we have uppers and downers at talia hall we're doing a bunch of beers with uh, sketchbook and um, off color and um, temperance is going to be there that's going to be a really incredible uh, event coming in february so i highly recommend checking that out and the last thing the book that i'm reading is icarus deception by seth godin which is pretty solid cool cool well thank you all so much for listening i've been daniel johansson i continue to be maureen smith if you want to keep up with what we are up to there are a lot of ways that you can do that the first is to head to scopymag.com that's our website we post all of our articles there as well as all of our podcast episodes uh, recent highlights would probably be uh the piece on amazon um otherwise what was the uh there was something else just recently too uh the new milk and petals column is up there as well as well as probably a video of uh the rap duo glitter money performing in our apartment which is awesome yes yes do check that out uh, the other thing is we can keep you can also keep up with us on social media. Uh, we have a Facebook group. It's called Sounding Board. You can uh, jo- uh, request to join, and we'll review it and pr- most likely let you in. Um, otherwise, you're a you can, literal Nazi. Yeah. In which case, that's the bar. Yeah, <laughs> that's the bar. Um, uh, you can also find us at our Facebook page is Scopy Magazine. Uh, we are also on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, Radio Public. I think I said all of them, yeah. uh, under Scopy Mag, and we spell that S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. So have a cup of coffee and catch your breath. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really quick, uh, 
And as always, I'm here to emphasize the importance of donations. We run on a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. Everything that we've been able to do up to this point has been through your generosity. So first of all, thank you so much. Second of all, we could use a little bit more help. If you're in a position to give, you can head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our donate section. There are a couple ways that you can give. First of all, you can do a one-time donation. If you choose to do that, you will have our eternal gratitude. And otherwise, for as little as $5 a month, you can support our mission of uplifting local arts and independent media. If you're interested in giving at a higher level or in advertising opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us at scopymag at gmail.com. So give a little, give a lot. And if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.